What's going on? Welcome back to another ESL podcast, man. I am your host, Arsenio, as usual, and today is another beautiful day. Oh my God, let's dive into this, the decision-making process. So there are some great phrases that you can actually use in regards to the decision-making process. Now, for those of you who do not follow me, I do suggest following me on the Arsenio's ESL podcast page because I'm going to be um, coming up with a lot of IG stories in regards to agenda uh, or the agenda. And in the agenda, there are six things. There are objectives, priorities, data analysis, alternatives, pros and cons, final decision. Now with these phrases, A through L, that I'm going to be giving you, these are things that we can actually say in a decision-making process when we're actually using language, right? And so if you're in a meeting or if you're in school or whatever it may be, and you guys are trying to make a decision, there are ways to open up. There are ways to list the priorities. There are different plan B, such as alternatives, listing the positives and the negatives, such as the pros and cons, the final decision, analyzing data. So here we go. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the first one. We're here to decide now, regardless of, you know, not regardless, but whether you think it's, you know, objectives, priorities, data analysis, alternatives, pros and cons, final decision, go to my IG stories on my ESL podcast page, and I'll be posting it there. Okay. But nonetheless, we're here to decide, you know, we're here to decide whether to go ahead with the project. Okay. One option would be, I'll give you that one. That's, uh, what is that? That is an alternative. Okay. So one option would be to do detailed market research. Okay. The most important thing is the advantage of, that's a pro, have a look at these figures. That's data analysis, right? Above all, we must... What we've agreed then is to, another alternative is to, on the other hand, our aim is to, as you can see, that's data analysis. So I gave you two answers right there. So that's it. We're going ahead. These are different phrases that you can use in a meeting, analyzing data and stuff like that, because I do believe especially at the company that I train at, they don't know the simple phrases. They don't know how to make phone calls. They don't know the basic email structure because it's, it's all, this is all simple language that we're always going to use. You know, there was a, a, a girl who I had trained last year in March, uh, Belinda. She's a naval architect from Spain. And she gave me an audio uh, of a guy in a meeting and she's like, listen, I need to do things like this. And it was very similar to this. She's like, oh, I really don't know the language. I don't have the confidence. I don't have this. I don't have that. And so what we were going to do, I was going to coach her in terms of business English, but I guess she ended up getting uh, busy and stuff like that as she was staying up in the foothills of Norway with her husband uh, at the time and stuff. So nonetheless, you know, uh, I'm like, okay, all right. So let's break this down. Okay. I understand what you need in terms of your priorities the meetings, you need the meeting language. How can you, you know, uh, state some of the alternatives? These are excellent and systematic ways that you can hold a meeting. This is something that I will absolutely be doing with some of my, um, you know, with some of the, uh, 
students that I actually uh, train at, you know, some of the companies around Bangkok. So what we're going to do now is we're going, this is the language of meetings is what I'm calling it. We're going to listen to an extract from a meeting about a company relocating to the UK. Okay. You're going to hear what they say. You're going to write down for useful phrases you believe may be useful in your line of work and whatever you're doing in your field of endeavor. And then we're going to go from there. So this is a little bit of a long one. So let's uh, play it right here and let's do it. Okay, let's get down to business. As you know, we are here to talk about the relocation to the UK. And I'd like to hear what you have to say. Now, the plan is to make the final move in January, but that's a busy month for us. So, what do you think? Um, can I just stop you there for a moment, Elke? This relocation idea, I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't think anyone here actually wants to go and live in Britain. With respect, you don't quite seem to understand, Erich. The decision has already been taken. <laughs> Sorry, I don't quite see what you mean. I thought we were here to discuss this. No, perhaps I didn't make myself clear. We are relocating to Cambridge in November. That's been decided. So why are we having this meeting? If I could just finish what I was saying. What we are discussing today is how to implement the decision. This affects our Scandinavian office too, you know. There's a lot to talk about. Now can I just come in here? Yes. What is it, Axel? Well, I can see why we should have a branch in the UK instead of Scandinavia. We do most of our business there. But we're a German company. Head office should be here in Germany, surely. I'm afraid that's completely out of the question. The decision to relocate makes good logistic and economic sense. We're still a fairly small business. Having branches in different countries is just not an option. I totally disagree. Our market is Northern Europe and Germany is at the heart of Northern Europe. Yes, but 70% of our market is in the UK. Look, perhaps we can come back to this later. I can see some of you are not happy about it, and I agree with you up to a point, but I am not in a position to change company policy. Okay, let's move on. How are we going to handle administration during the relocation? Does anyone have any suggestions? How about using the Stockholm office while we move from Bremen to Cambridge? Kjell? Well, to be honest, Elke, we feel very much the same as our German colleagues here. Uh, we think the decision to close down the Bremen and Stockholm offices is a mistake. I see. Look, maybe we should take a short break, Elke. I think one or two of us would like to have a word with you. In private, if that's okay. Right. Well, sorry, everybody. We'll have to break off here, I'm afraid. Axel, Kjell, Erich, I'll see you in my office. Wow, man, I'm telling you, to hear these, you know, I've never heard, you know, there's a situation that had just happened. Um, and, you know, one of my coaching students, as a matter of fact, she came to me and she said, hey, just to let you know, uh, this guy, who's not even a student, by the way, he complained to his boss saying that in that specific class, the, it, it wasn't useful because it wasn't helping the students with their job. Now, mind you, these are beginner students. They have no more than 20 vocabulary terms in English language, right? And for him to say something like that behind my back to his boss, who I don't know, 
And for him to say that to the main boss, I'm like, listen, what are you doing? Like, is that true? No. Two, number two, stay in your lane because you're not even a student and you're not even able to translate correctly. And so I'm like, how could you potentially teach anyone about orders, making phone calls and email when they don't even know what I am, you are, we are, they are is. And why would I put it, put them into a very highly stressful situation at a beginner level to take away the fun of what my lessons actually provide, right? And so hearing these men complain on this audio, I'm just like, you guys are crying over spilled milk. The decision has been made, shut up or quit. And again, I'm not that type of, I'm not even a boss, right? And I would never say that to anyone else, but they're kind of like crying. It's kind of like politics. Politics, either side it is, everyone is immature as fuck because you're literally just complaining about this. You're complaining, complain. You're com it's, it's kind of like people who complain about oxygen, who complain about water, who complain about animals. It just is. There's nothing you can do about it. And I know some of you are like, that is crazy. Who complains about oxygen? Was it? No, I'm just giving you an idea. How are you complaining about something in terms of Germany? Whether you have a point or not, they're moving. Do you want to stay or go? That's what I would do with my assessment. If my job were to say, oh, we're going to China. I'm like, bro, <clears throat> bye. No offense to my Chinese. I see you guys actually went up quite a bit in terms of plays over the past probably a few days. But I'm just saying, if my job for whatever reason, and they absolutely would not. A Thai language center teaching in China. Obviously China, they've already shut down all tutorial centers, but I'm giving you an example. If they were to drop everything here and go to another place, I would say, okay, I'm done. I'm done. Oh, but you know, you have the family that, no, no, prepare for it, prepare. Okay, what's the worst thing that could happen if you go? Would you be happy? Would your family be willing to relocate to wherever it may be? If not, okay, let's start acting. Let's find another job. These guys are, oh, but the Germany, 70% of your market is in England. So some people would say, oh, well, if you look at, you know, your coaching and your training and stuff, you know, online, uh, online's different. Although the majority of my students come from the Western hemisphere, it's online. I don't have a physical business and that's the beauty of my business, right? And so looking at this and hearing the language and I feel very, very bad for her, especially because she's constantly being interrupted by these men. And then at the very end, she tries suggesting something and you know, these guys are like, oh, I don't think that would be a good idea. Give me a solution. Like I, some people, they're so negative and pessimistic that they just say, oh, well, you know what? This is, no, I don't think that would be a good idea. Okay, and what would be a good idea? Uh, get out of the meeting. Like I'm here for solutions. This is solution-based. And I remember, and to sum this up, I'm pretty sure I've said this at some point before that I, I had a meeting, as a matter of fact, uh, probably 2015. And the, the meeting was had because there was a teacher named Peter. Peter was depressed. Peter was one of those very angry individuals, not, not very angry individuals. He wasn't two-faced it, but you could tell that he was just devastated in his life for whatever reason. Well, the thing is, it started showing up in his work you know, students started complaining, this and that. And by working at a tutorial center like this, which was absolute 
horrendous in management, <clears throat> they stopped giving them classes. Just as they stopped giving me classes in 2015. I remember May and June, I had about four classes Monday through Friday and another teacher had a full schedule 10 hours a day. And I'm like, excuse me, uh, you're not gonna treat me like some piece of shit. You're going to give me work. Now, obviously I'm a creator of work. I'm a creator of economy now, right? Because I'm my own entity, which is the most beautiful thing in the world. But going back to that situation, I felt the bare brunt of what potentially some people, you know, how some people are, and especially the Thai management that was there at the time and how she just always gave the work to people who she thought was better based on whether it was color, based on it was experience, whatever it may be. It wasn't until I had become very popular when Peter ended up getting all his work taken away. And it's so funny. He put, uh, put a letter in all the teachers, uh, you know, uh, cupboards and and he's like, oh, I can't believe you always give AJ. This is what the letter said. I can't believe you give AJ, who's a very inexperienced teacher in IELTS class. <sighs> Get out your fucking feelings. I'm way better than you. That's all there is to it. I get results. Inexperience. Bro, I've been teaching IELTS for no more than 10 hours. This girl got a 6.5 in listening and speaking. And that was in my first year of teaching. That was in the first 10 hours of me teaching IELTS. I get results, whether you like it or not. So he ended up quitting. And just to let you know, going back to that meeting, it was a shouting match. It was basically old men talking about, you're not very good at your job. This, you are horrendous. I don't get much work. Bro, you're 65 years old. You're talking about not getting work. How about you create work, buddy? Now, I understand the essence of that seven years later, but when I was looking at this guy, I was like, bro, this guy is finished at life. And so, you know, fast forward into what had happened to me probably just, you know, a year and a half later, another teacher who uh, apparently he had listened to my podcast, he's like, oh, you don't necessarily, all this bullshit, right? He started giving me a lot of beginner classes. And I said, uh, excuse me, why is it that you have all the upper classes, upper intermediate, intermediate? And you're sticking me with the I am, you are, we are, they are students. No offense to the students who are I am, you are, we are, they are. I'm actually coaching the students right now at a company who are I am, you are, we are, they are under my own. And the thing is, I make my price. So I got no problem with it. And I see the joy and I understand the fulfillment and I put the intention because obviously I've become a high performance coach. But going back to that situation, I'm like, oh, you are giving me the, the hardest classes because you don't like me. Well, you know what? Fuck all you old dudes here. I'm out. And I quit that garbage shop. And it was the greatest thing that ever happened. Obviously, all the choices that I've made in my life here in Thailand have led to some of the greatest, the greatest paths of my life. But to sum that up, if you, when you have a meeting, you got to have objectives. Objective number one, this. Objective number two, that. If, you, if anyone is here, to complain about the relocation, see the door. Like, I'm not, like, she, she probably are an old guy. I think her name was. She probably already knows how these old guys are. Or and not old. It's not so much about old. She probably already knows how these fools are. So I would say, hey, if you, if any of y'all are going to complain, get the hell up out of here. And going back to that meeting seven years ago, when all these old heads were complaining about either work or this or that, and because I was just better than them, because I was more motivated and more inspired and more ambitious. And they were just like, like they were, they, they were just, you know, they came here to literally marry a woman and to just retire. Get the fuck out of here. You're obviously not motivated 
to coach anyone because you talk about your own students behind their back. Get the hell out of here. Bye. Ridiculous. So she probably already knew. So you got to set you. I would just say, you know what? This is not going to be a shouting match. If anyone wants to argue, I want solutions. If you say one negative comment, I want a solution on top of that comment. If not, see the door. And that's what I would do if I was Olga. Now, luckily, I don't work in a Thank goodness I don't work in a place like that. But to be honest with you, if you're a person who has meetings, you'd be like, hey, listen, objectives and priorities for today. Do not interrupt me, number one, because I will get mad. All right. I know how all of you are. No, I'm probably not going to set that intention like that. But I would just say, uh, if you're going, if you have anything to say in regards to this or that, I need solutions. Any negative comment coming out of anyone's mouth today, I want a solution. Oh, I don't understand why we're moving to here. If you don't understand, you can see the door. It's already been done. Nothing I could do. Shut up. That's all there is to it. And then, you know, with the Sweden thing, does anyone have any suggestions? Oh, I don't think this. That's not a suggestion. That's a complaint. I want solutions. So there it is, people. I mean, it's very, it's very difficult. I know that all of you work in cultures where you're not, and we're going to be talking about this over the next probably a couple of months uh, or a month or two, uh, you, you know, in regards to how different cultures are, how you're supposed to, you know, make decisions and have agreements and stuff like that, because I know that this could be very, very wear and tear, very, very difficult on a lot of people. Um, but again, with this type of language, and if you host meetings and stuff like that, you can use this immediately. So with that being said, people, I hope you enjoyed this wonderful episode of the Arsenio, or I'm sorry, the Arsenio ZSL podcast. If you liked it, share it. Make sure you rate me on Spotify now. You can rate me on Spotify. That's right. You can rate me on Apple Podcasts, and you can rate me on just about everything else. Follow me on my website. I'm going to be revamping the website over the next month or two. Uh, and there are so many other things that are going to be popping up. So with that being said, thanks so much for tuning in to another wonderful episode. I'll see you guys there. Follow me on my ESL podcast page and I'll see you then over and out.